Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Luke chapter 19. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we read this chapter, we would consider how we are using the things that you put in our hands, how we live our lives, that we would truly change our minds, repent, and turn to you, and do what you want with the things you give us. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Luke chapter 19. And he entered and traveled through Jericho. And there was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he was seeking to see Jesus, who he was. And he was not able to as a result of the crowd, because he was short in stature. And he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree so that he could see him, because he was going to go through that way. And when he came to the place, Jesus looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, because it is necessary for me to stay at your house today. And he came down quickly and welcomed him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all began to complain, saying, He has gone in to find lodging with a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I am giving to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I am paying it back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Now, while they were listening to these things, he went on and told a parable, because he was near Jerusalem, and they thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. Therefore he said, A certain nobleman traveled to a distant country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And summoning ten of his own slaves, he gave them ten minas and said to them, Do business until I come back. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want this man to be king over us. And it happened that when he returned after receiving the kingdom, he ordered those slaves to whom he had given the money to be summoned to him, so that he could know what they had gained by trading. So the first arrived, saying, Sir, your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, Well done, good slave, because you have been faithful in a very small thing, have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Sir, your mina has made five minas. So he said to this one also, And you be over five cities. And another came, saying, Sir, behold your mina, which I had put away for safekeeping in a piece of cloth, for I was afraid of you, because you are a severe man. You withdraw what you did not deposit, and you reap what you did not sow. He said to him, By your own words I will judge you, wicked slave. You knew that I am a severe man, withdrawing what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. And why did you not give my money to the bank? And I, when I returned, would have collected it with interest. And to the bystanders he said, Take away the mina and give it to the one who has the ten minas. And they said to him, Sir, he has ten minas. I tell you that everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and slaughter them in my presence. And after he had said these things, he traveled on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And it happened that when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany to the hill, called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, in which, as you enter, you will find a colt tied, 
on which no person has ever sat, and untie it and bring it. And if anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? You will say this, The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, Why are you untying the colt? So they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they put Jesus on it. And as he was going along, they were spreading out their cloaks on the road. Now as he was drawing near by this time to the descent from the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of the disciples began rejoicing to praise God with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King, the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and said, I tell you that if these keep silent, the stones will cry out. And when he approached and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you had known on this day, even you, the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for days will come upon you, and your enemies will put up an embankment against you, and will surround you and press you hard from all directions. And they will raise you to the ground, you and your children within you, and will not leave a stone upon a stone within you, because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. And he entered into the temple courts and began to drive out those who were selling, saying to them, It is written, and my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a cave of robbers. And he was teaching every day in the temple courts, and the chief priests and the scribes and the most prominent men of the people were seeking to destroy him. And they did not find anything they could do, because all the people were paying close attention to what they were hearing from him. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. In chapter 18, we heard about the rich young ruler who didn't want to give his possessions to the poor. In chapter 19, Luke tells us about Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, and therefore he was looked down on by most Jews. But he wants to see Jesus. And when Jesus comes to him, he says he will give away half of his possessions to the poor and will repay anyone he has cheated four times as much. Jesus says, Today salvation has come to this house. Zacchaeus was showing the fruit of repentance. And perhaps it's no surprise that he was a tax collector rather than a rich ruler. Jesus tells the parable of the minas. Luke gives us a hint about the meaning by saying he was near Jerusalem and they thought the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. So one point of the parable is to say that Jesus isn't going to be visibly king right away. It seems like a busy story with two storylines to us. One storyline is the man wanting to become king and people not wanting him to. That was actually a familiar story to the Jews. The Herod family was given rule over different areas around Judea at different times, and the authority to rule came from Rome. So the particular man would travel to Rome and receive his appointment. But generally, the Herods were not nice people, so naturally there were some who were hoping they wouldn't be appointed and even went so far as to send a delegation to Rome to try to stop the appointment. Specifically, we know this happened to Herod Archelaus, the son of Herod the Great. A trip to Rome would take, at a minimum, several months between the travel and the time spent in Rome. So, in the parable, the nobleman called his slaves and gave them ten minas to manage. A mina was about three months' wages for a working person. 
so perhaps several thousand dollars in current terms. When the nobleman returned, he called the servants to see what they had managed to accomplish with the money he had given, and then assigned them positions of authority in his kingdom according to how they had handled that money. The point of the parable is in verse 26. I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given, but from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Then going back to the other thread of the story about the people who didn't want him to be king, he says, But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and slaughter them in my presence. That seems harsh, but not unheard of. The Herods were known for killing people for lesser reasons. But it leads into the next part of the story in Luke, the rejection of Jesus. And the point of the parable. The point is that Jesus is going to be gone for a while, and people will reject him. But his faithful servants, who accomplish something with what they have been given, will be rewarded when he returns. And those who reject Jesus will be destroyed. Jesus enters Jerusalem in a kingly way, although a lowly king, to be riding on a colt. But people were cheering as Jesus entered and saying, Blessed is the king, the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The Pharisees didn't appreciate that. They said, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and said, verse 40, I tell you that if these keep silent, the stones will cry out. But then Jesus weeps over Jerusalem because he knows it will be destroyed, because it is rejecting him. Jesus cleans out the traitors from the temple and uses the temple for teaching instead. And now for a deeper dive. Will there be better places and worse places in heaven? Or does everyone get the same? From the parable about the nobleman getting a kingdom, it seems that how we use what God gives us will affect what responsibility we are given in the future. Jesus said to give away our money so that we have treasure in heaven. So, does that mean we will have bank accounts in heaven based on the money we gave away on earth? It would be fair if God does give us different places in heaven based on what we did. But I don't think any of us really wants fair because none of us even deserves to be there. We only get there by the grace of God. In the parable of the workers in the vineyard in Matthew 20, everyone got paid the same, and some people were saying it wasn't fair. Jesus said in Matthew 20, verse 16, Thus the last will be first and the first last. Does that answer the question? Not in my mind. But I don't need an answer. If I think I am earning something by my good works, then I'm probably doing them selfishly, and they are useless. If I figure that it doesn't matter, so I try to do the minimum to get by, then I don't really love God, and I'm not likely to be in heaven at all. Jesus says that what we do with the things, time, money, talents, etc., that God has given us matter to God. And that should be enough for me to want to do the best I can, because I love God. And whatever God chooses to do in heaven will be all right with me. I know it will be better than I deserve. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.